What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Progressive Gentleman Podcast. We're your hosts, Dan. I'm Matt. And as always, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us nerd out about music. Uh, we know it's been a while. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm recover. I'm recovering from the plague right now. Uh, <laughs> so also, if I sound like crap or if I, you know, like cough or something in the middle of this, you know, I'm I'm doing this for you. Uh, We're powering through. <laughs> um, and you know, Matt's been busy with school and all that stuff, and we both just had birthdays recently. Um, not to pat ourselves on the back, but well, actually, that's not even a celebration. We survived just, one more around. Well, the I was sun. gonna say we're just one year closer to death, so uh, that's this is not an emo podcast. Um, anyways, uh, although some could argue <laughs> at times, I suppose, yeah, but um. We wanted to bring back the artist spotlight. Um, that was one of the ones that was voted on when we said, which segments do you want to see more of? Uh, people seem to like some of those. So we wanted to bring that back. And with a band that doesn't actually make music anymore, but a band that I feel, I know for myself personally, was extremely important to like, you know, my music taste today, like sort of helping me develop into like where I, you know, where I am today with my music taste. Uh, I don't know about you, Matt. I don't know how how influential these guys were for you, but I know you at least listened to them. Yeah, I um, the, really the only like I had heard some of the other songs uh, by them, but uh, Vela or Vila, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but um, Vela together we await the storm is like really the only song that I knew knew by them. Um, but so it's kind of. I think this discussion will so be So spoiler, cool. spoiler, you know, it, it's the human abstract. You, I'm sure that's probably the oh, one song yeah, that yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the human abstract, but continue, please. I, I think it, like this episode would be like a, kind of an interesting discussion because like I'm coming at it from like, they didn't really have a lot like for me in terms of like my musical tastes, they didn't have like a lot of, uh, influence on me back in the day so like i'm kind of like i kind of went in listening to them with like a modern lens but seeing what they were doing at the time that they put out these albums so i'm like coming from the future and looking which back. i think which i think is an interesting take because i look at a lot of these records you know their their latest or newest record um, being released in 2011, I look at these records sort of as before their time. So I feel like that's a good sort of contrast to have where I was listening to these records when they were released. You're listening to them now, like 10 years into the future or more into the future, kind of looking back at it. And like, you can kind of give me your perspective and your thoughts on whether or not you agree with me that these records, especially Nocturne, um, but Digital Veil as well, were very much before their time. Like, I feel like they were doing a lot of things that, you know, modern progressive metal bands have sort of just stumbled into or, or are still doing today. That's it, that you would almost consider like modern prog trends. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of like your take on that stuff whenever we start diving into this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we want to go like from, I think like when we did the previous ones, we went chronologically from like, first yeah, like, to newest yeah start to like yeah we so we would start with nocturne so um this is actually the first record i heard by them obviously it's the first record that dropped but i heard it like probably 2007 so probably a year after it was released um is when i first listened like heard of this record was introduced to this record um and around that time i was listening to bands more in like 
I would say like the standard metalcore vein, maybe a little bit deathcore ish. Like uh, I was listening to Killswitch Engage, Atreyu. Strangely enough, I was still like kind of evolving out of my emo phase a bit. Um, yeah. But then also uh, around this time, I was listening to like Between the Buried and Me's Alaska record, which has a little bit of prog flavor as well. And uh, so this was kind of like an interesting in between between like metalcore, deathcore, whatever. Like you know, they did the harsh vocals, but a lot of their a lot of their stuff has clean vocals as well. But the crazy instrumentation that you hear on like Between the Buried and Me records. You get a lot of that on this record as well. Um, and I think they take it a step further into almost what Between the Bear to Me does on some of their modern records a bit. Um, <clears throat> so I would say they even go a little, they go, they stretch the progressive envelope further than Between the Bear to Me's Alaska record, which is why I give this record a lot of credit for sort of introducing me to progressive metal and progressive music really as a whole. Yeah. I think like listening to it now with a modern lens, like looking back and and stuff, it definitely like Alaska was kind of the first, like in that vein of progressive metal. I mean, I was definitely into like at that time would have been listening to like Russian circles and some of the like instrumental prog, like Pelican and, uh, like the droney, like ISIS and stuff like that. Um, and I wasn't even like in that, like for me personally, I didn't, I didn't discover Russian circles until they toured with Coheed on their, uh, on their, um, Afterman tour. So that was like years later for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, I was listening to them, but like, I didn't really like know the, the genre that was progressive metal. I, it was just like, or progressive rock, depending on, you know, which camp you throw them in. Um, I would consider uh, them progressive metal. Yeah, that's kind of, that's where I throw them into, but some people, I feel like, lean them towards the rock side. (laughs) But it's all up for interpretation, right? Yeah. (laughs) But they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, like, I do remember hearing Vela and being like, wow, there's something about this song, and I, I always liked it, but... I don't know, for some reason, I just never went beyond that song from friends who had played, who had played it. Um, and that was kind of like where my line in the sand ended with them. But I really enjoyed that song. So I, I don't know for the life of me why I never went further. Um, it's strange because I look back at this record and even in that, even like when I discovered that record, uh, Vela was the first song that I had heard. Um but it definitely was not my favorite on the record, even then. Um, uh, like songs like Crossing the Rubicon or Polaris, like those songs for me were the standouts. Um, and but I, I still, every time I think of this record, I always look back to um, the days where I used to think I was like a musician, right? And uh, <laughs> and our friend Brandon, who was also in that same camp, we you know we thought we were really good, maybe not really good, but we had fun with it. Um, I remember being in his uh, basement and he had a drum set and we both knew the little riff, like the intro riff to Vila. I still know it. I, I still, every time, every once in a while when I have a guitar and drop tuning, I'll just like play that just out of nowhere. Um, Cause it's not hard, but uh, I remember trying to, we would try to play that song and he was always like better at guitar than I was back then. So 
um, I would always get on the drum kit and uh, just playing the intro because we couldn't go past that, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I still like flash back to those moments like this, this record, that song. It was very impactful on me back then. And this was like high school days, I guess, early high school days for us. Um, so I think maybe it's got a little bit of a nostalgia factor for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it did like it listening to it did kind of like transport me back to that time just because like even though Vila was Vela however you pronounce it I I have no idea. Just pick uh, one and roll with it. That's kind of okay. what I'm going with. <laughs> uh so like hearing the other song from Nocturne, like it still has a very similar sound to Vela. So it it does kind of transport me back to the those times. So it was kind of like getting a hit of nostalgia for a band that like I never really listened to. It was kind of weird experience, but it was it was fun listening through them. And it was kind of like my my homework assignment before doing the uh, the episode. <laughs> and uh, I kind of like I I enjoyed doing the deep dive of listening to a band that like I didn't really have a lot of experience with and. This album was definitely my favorite of them. I think because of how much it did for the time it came out. And I think just still like today from a progressive metal standpoint, like it is still like an upper tier album, even being, you know, how, how old, 16 years old, <laughs> what, how, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's exactly, it's 16 years old. That's was it? Wow. That was a, that was a, <laughs> A good guess. Yeah, that's I'm not crazy. good at quick math, so that was a complete <laughs> shot in the dark. Well done. Well done. Yeah, I mean, I could see an argument for Digital Veil being their best record because I think it's their most polished. But I look at Nocturne as, you know, the combination of the nostalgia factor, right? This was kind of a record that introduced me to progressive music or sort of was one of those bridge records for me into progressive music. Um but then, you know, you factor in the fact that, you know, it was so ahead of its time, right? Like, I mean, I, I truly believe that this record was one of the one of those records, those prog records that was way ahead of its time. Um, and then just the quality of songs on it, too. Like, for me, it just edges out Digital Veil. I do, I do get the argument for that being their best record, though. So, um, but yeah, just a fantastic record from start to finish. Uh, even, like, the, the Desiderata or whatever, the, the, like, all instrumental song that leads into Vila... Um, I used to have to listen to that before Vila. Like I couldn't just listen to Vila as just a standalone because I just felt like it added so much to the song. Like I just wish Vila was just a, like an eight minute song or whatever that would make it. Um, and just so that there was no, there was no possibility of not hearing that first just because <laughs> it's just a instrumental masterclass leading into it. It's, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, but the, the album is like, there's really not, not a bad song on it. I mean, there are ones that I guess are like a little more forgettable, I would say. Like, there are, because there are it has skippable standouts. songs. Yeah. I would say, like, it's not one that you have to listen to front to back, but I mean, there are, like, I wouldn't say there are any bad songs no. on the record by any means. No. Definitely skippable songs, but not, not, nothing bad. Um, but I mean, not not every record's perfect. I wouldn't say this is a perfect perfect record. I just think it's a very influential ahead of its time record, and yeah, uh, that's kind of why I hold it in such high regard. But yeah, um, I appreciate what it what it did for the the genre, and it it is funny that 
like they did seem maybe it was just like our like circle <laughs> like friend group that it that they seemed bigger than they were maybe but yeah i don't know they they seemed like a pretty big metal band in general so especially when you talk about the niche that is progressive metal you would think that they would have kind of like stood the test of time and still be like going strong today i mean like look at between the buried and me you know they just put out a record last year and stuff but yeah and i i think there was some controversy or something between like band members or something like that or vocalists or i know the one like i just think there were a lot of creative differences and i think you hear that come out in the next record uh which is called midhaven um i i really think that you know this was the last record made i think with the full original lineup um and i know the vocalist and uh the guitarists um or other band members i'm not even sure to be specific uh disagreed sort of on the direction of the band when this record was released and i think uh the ones who didn't like the direction were the ones that were correct because (laughs) I think this is pretty arguably not even arguably. I think this is their worst record. I think that's pretty much agreed upon by everybody uh, to the point where I know a lot of people don't even recognize, like don't even know that this record exists. Yeah. Um, Actually, like whenever we were talking about, like you were saying, like joking about do your homework. And I, (laughs) I legitimately only thought there were two albums and you were like, no, there are three. And I was like, Really? I don't even remember seeing it when I was looking on Spotify. It was like my brain just completely blocked it out like it didn't yeah. exist. Yeah, and I know like so like I said I discovered this band in 2007. This record came out in 2008. Um so it was cool to be able to discover a band sort of fully digest a record for a year and already have new music coming out. Um so when this dropped uh it was probably the record I was most looking forward to back then because, you know, of how much I really, really liked the first record. Um, and then I listened to it and I was like, what is this nonsense? Cause like <laughs> the first, the first couple record or the first couple tracks on the record are like, okay, I suppose. Um, there's a song called breathing life into devices that I think is almost like what, something you would hear on the first record. But for the most part, this record comes off to me as like unnecessarily preachy. Um, And I don't have any problem with bands sort of like putting messages in their music or like, I mean, so many bands, especially progressive bands, like that's just, uh, that's what a lot of them do these days. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't care if you have a stance for something. I don't care if you believe in something and you want to put that into your music. Like that's, you know, part of writing music is talking about, you know, your own feelings, experiences, whatever. So I don't have a problem, but it's whenever it sounds like you, when it's, when it takes away from the music is when I start to have a problem with it. And I feel like that is this record in a nutshell, unfortunately. Yeah, there is, I think there is a point where like music becomes less music and more, more just like pounding a message and it kind of like lose this loses the soul for the sake of conveying the message and it's like i think as a musician you know you have to like straddle that line of like convey your message but also you gotta like let the music flow and yeah i i actually i only listened to this album once through because i just i 
didn't really find much that I liked out of it. So I didn't like get too deep into like the lyrics behind it to notice whether it was preachy. Um, but yeah, it was just, I, I don't know. This was a very, like, I didn't hate it, but it was just very much like an album. That's like, I've heard it and I'm moving on as like, not one that I care to go back and visit and re-listen to. Yeah, and there are songs on this record that I do feel like uh, kind of embody a lot of like what modern prog does now. <clears throat> like the style changes and such. Like there are a lot of that where it goes from heavy to soft to like jazzy to there's you know just just piano piano and a clean vocalist and then it's heavy and then it's just piano and a clean vocalist and then there's like like a standard just rock bridge. And like, there's, there's a lot of that on here that a lot of modern prog bands, you know, do that, but it's just the way that it's sort of put together on this record combined with just like the, the just preachy interludes where it's not even music. He's just like to a system of capitalist politicians. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. Right, yeah. Bro. I like, do remember that part. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, I don't have a problem with it. It's just, it, t- it to me, that song was really good. And then that, part just and it has nothing to do with the message again like i might agree with your message but i was really jamming and now you're just like we interrupt this broadcast <laughs> i'm just like bro yeah i don't know i just for me it just didn't do it for me i and i feel like i'm not in the minority i think i'm in the majority here because like i said this is kind of renowned as their worst record and this this kind of really put them into a spin of just like soul searching and i know the one guitarist at this point was like, I'm kind of done with this. Um, and, uh, I, it's funny. Like I remember after my first listen through, and this was back in the MySpace days for, for all you kids out there who have no idea what that is. That's like sort of the, the precursor to Facebook. Um, and, uh, I, I got on my MySpace page and I messaged, the human because uh, myspace was like big music too <laughs> right so i actually messaged like i sent this long message because i was really butthurt about this record like i was really <laughs> upset because i was looking forward to this so much i loved the first record so much and i don't even remember exactly what i said i wish i could like go dig up my old myspace just to see what i said um but just about how upset i was about this record or whatever and like a week goes by and i get a response actually and all it was was <laughs> Uh, it just said, keep listening. It will grow on you. Um, that was it. That was the only response. And it did not. And did not. <laughs> there are, th- like I said, there are a couple songs that I can listen to. Breathing Life Into Devices, Counting Down the Days, Dead World at Sunrise, uh, This World is a Tomb. They're different, but like, they're not like, they're not songs that if they were on, I would skip them. There are parts of the songs that I really, really like. There are also parts of the songs that I think are absolute dog shit. Why did you do this? But um, overall, the record was very disappointing. And I think that's kind of how everyone feels. But but sort of, you know, since you're on the outside looking in, and since this is actually literally the first time you even knew this record existed... And, you know, coming at it from a person who listens to modern progressive music, looking back into it, do you agree that you know there are some modern progressive styles in in songs on this record? It's just kind of the execution was lacking, or like, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think oh, the like I appreciate what they tried to do, where like they threw a bunch of there was like a lot of classical style thrown in there with 
like rock and metal and they kind of like went from one section to the other but sometimes it was like a jarring difference and i don't know like i i'm enjoy those like style changes and and stuff but it has to be done well i think and like there's a certain style that i like um when they do it and i just i like felt chaos like, but like organized chaos in a way like yeah where, where the chaos still kind of makes sense stylistically you feel like maybe like yeah they, it was this was more like chaos for chaos sake yeah it was like it's sort of like taking your hand and guiding you through adventure rather than <laughs> like tying you up and dragging you on an adventure <laughs> kind of uh, was the way I guess that I would describe it as like some parts where I was just like, Oh, what, what is, is this a different song? Like, is, did it hard cut into another song? What's going on here? And it felt like it did. It kind of felt like what you described about how the band had different ideas for the album. It almost seemed like they were like, okay, you get minutes one through two, you get minutes, you know, two Oh one through four Oh one. And like divvy it up and like, all right, end your part, start your part now. And they like got to like do their parts in sections. Right. Is kind of how it felt like a group project where they were writing a paper and like, you where get the first paragraph. And then you just came, showed up and glued it together. And that, that is <laughs> yeah. what it is. And slapped into <clears throat> one file. Like that's, it kind of felt that way at times. Like there were definitely songs on here that I enjoyed, but I think because I only listened through it once through, I honestly couldn't tell you which ones they were. I'd have to like, I'd have to go back through and yeah, like like the song "Breathing Life into Devices," just which again I I have said a couple of times. This is one of my favorite songs on this record. That's not to say you know that it's one of my favorite songs by this band, but on this record, it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. It's weird to sort of have that like like the chorus on or the uh the verses on the song are kind of like jazzy like there's like a what sounds like you're in like a jazz bar and there's just like someone smoking a cigarette playing a piano in the corner and like <laughs> like that's what the that's what the verses sound like but the chorus is one of my favorite choruses by the human abstract period I'll I'll actually say that I think the chorus um is it's super catchy it's it's groovy it's it's I enjoy it a lot I feel like they could have done that song a lot more justice um, but, but yeah, like I said, there are parts of this record that I think are really, really well done. It's just, I just think the execution was lacking. Yeah. I think probably if they were the, like you said, if the band wasn't all like in disagreement on how the album should have went, it probably wouldn't have felt as disjointed i feel like when you have a group of people that all have their own visions and especially when it comes to like artistic direction i feel like a lot of times artists whether they be musicians or you know painters or uh, you know like cinematographer you know whatever it is whenever you have a vision you don't want it compromised and i feel like if they all were not like compromising on vision then you kind of get this like well it's a little bit of pieces of all of us but it doesn't flow well and, and stuff. And I think that's kind of like the unfortunate, especially like following up Nocturne too, I think didn't do it any, any justice there either because Nocturne is such a fantastic album that like, yeah. it's kind of hard to follow it up. And but, in the, the preachy part definitely came from the vocalist and you do get hints of that sort of in Nocturne as well, but it's just not as, I don't know. It's just not as much the like 
focal point of the record where I feel like Midhaven, like that was all you could focus on. Yeah. It made it difficult to see the parts of the record that were actually really, really good because you were just sort of distract. It was just distraction from really the quality music that could have been Midhaven. Like that record could have been a quality record. There are so many parts, you know, bits and pieces of songs. Like you said, like, somebody's piece of the project was really good. And then like, you know, the slacker showed up late with his, the shit that he pulled (laughs) off the internet, copy paste or whatever, and threw together. And it just ruined the songs. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one for me because that was like, just thinking back to that time, that was the record I was looking forward to most to the point where, like I said, I went and went on a rant on MySpace. you know, but, <laughs> um, that was not like the type of person I was back then, but I was just so mad. I was like, ah, oh, fight. This is ridiculous. Um, I, I just checked in MySpace is actually a website that you can go to oh, and I know it's sign there. in and sign up. There's a 0% chance that I'll ever remember anything like, or whatever email address I used, but who knows, dude, I have no clue. <laughs> There's no way I would figure that out, but, um, but yeah, crazy stuff. But I know there was some turmoil after that. The singer did leave. Um, and I believe, I don't know who took over vocals. I don't remember. I should have guessed did a little bit of homework myself. Um, but, uh, the original vocalist left, um, and then they came out with digital veil which, like I said, a lot of people view this record um, as their best record, and I would uh, I would argue that it is their most polished record, um, but I would still argue pretty much to the death that uh, that Nocturne is their best record. But um, <laughs> I can definitely see the argument for why people would like Digital Veil over Nocturne because I I do agree too that they they took a lot of what was good about Nocturne and kind of like progressed it and, you know, added like more production to it. I think for me, what like they did a lot more of the, like, um, kind of like the electronic sounds like in digital veil in particular, like, you know, they, I think, you know, because the the album named Digital Veil, they have a lot of that like sort of digitized effects. And but it's not like overdone though. That's what I like about it. Like a lot of the modern like metalcore, especially that genre, um, like the digitizing of you know, like it's just very different. Like bands like North Lane and stuff. Like it's very different these days. Yeah, I think I, I don't. I definitely wouldn't say it's as much as like North Lane. It still was like, there were certain parts where like, I didn't like that, uh, like fade part in digital veil where it like kind of slows down and does the, like, like it kind of has that like trickling effect with the, the sound like that part is if there was some, there was some stuff in the album that kind of like took me out of it a bit. Um, so that's like the only knocks I have against it versus nocturne i think overall like it's definitely a very strong album and i can see why people like it and there was just like parts that kind of were knocks for me that made it you know second to nocturne and uh i i just did a quick google search because i did kind of remember this but i was like this isn't true 
um, but it is true. Uh, the vocalist on this record was the vocalist that took over for Sonny Moore, aka Skrillex, um, in uh, From First to Last. So after Sonny oh, blew okay. up his voice, um, and he was actually the guitarist from first to, for From First to Last. Because um, like whenever Sonny blew out his vocals, uh, uh, this guy, uh, Travis Richter, I believe is the name. Wait, wait, so yeah, Travis he Richter. after... So he was the guitarist. He's the original guitarist. And was a was a vocalist in From First to Last with Sonny Moore. Sonny Moore was the lead vocalist. After he blew out his vocal cords or whatever he did, uh, Travis Richter took over vocals in From First to Last the whole way up to 2010. And then was con- he was he was departing from From First to Last, and From First to Last was kind of disbanding at that point. Um, and he was contacted by the guitarist one of the guitarists from the human abstract to come do vocals on their new record because they were having issues with their existing vocalist. He stepped in, did vocals for digital veil and then rejoined from first to last in 2013, whenever they kind of like got back together for that dead trees record or whatever the hell that was where like Spencer stiletto actually did vocals for that record. That's what I was going to ask. It was Spencer in the middle, but <laughs> in between sunny Spencer and... was at the end. Okay. Yeah, and then Sonny came back for whatever the hell their new shit is, which is terrible. Um, Wait, they're they're making new music. They have new they have newer music than Dead Trees. Yeah, it's real bad though. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Well, um, I could see probably because of his like Skrillex influence. I'm guessing yeah, it's probably a exactly, much more electronic yep, related. It has a lot of EDM influence, and it's bad, dude. It's yeah. so bad. I, Not that I have anything to. Like I don't I don't knock EDM as a genre. I think like some of that stuff is and honestly I like some of Skrillex's stuff even. Like some of his stuff sounds okay, but like that's just not my thing personally. I can appreciate stuff that sounds good regardless of what the genre is. Um, but it's just not for me. And yeah, I don't I mean, like that shit sort of making its way into uh <laughs> Into the music that I do like because I, I just don't like it very much. Yeah, that's the thing for me is like I like electronic music. Like I'm I pretty much like every genre except for country. And and that's like – and I do like electronic music. But there is a point where like – and I don't mind elements of it in metal. But there's a point where it gets like – it starts to take away from the instrumentation of the metal and it – I don't know. There's some like weird mix there and maybe that's like a me problem, but sometimes I'm just like maybe tone down the electronic stuff a bit. Like, yeah. And maybe it's just because my favoritism towards like instrumentation rather than like digital, like digitized music yeah. pads. And stuff. like, I don't even mind, like <laughs> I don't even mind necessarily like effects on instruments that make it sound like, like, you know, industrial metal, for example, a lot of times, you know, that's, that's just a, that's a pedal. That's an effect on the guitar, on the instruments. So it's just like, that's, what's making it sound like that. It's whenever things get very like artificial, synthy, whatever that like, that's where I start to kind of turn my nose up at it a little bit. Um, I'm trying yeah. to get better with that because I know a lot of, a lot of like, the rock and metal genres are like sort of going that direction. So I'm trying to, you know, approach it with an open mind. And I think I've gotten better at that. There's a lot of stuff, you know, that I would have never listened to, you know, even two years ago that now I kind of appreciate and listen to, um, a lot of Polyphia's new stuff. Um, I would have never even like considered listening to, 
and now you know like i look i look back at it and i'm like honestly this is still good and those guys are obviously are like god tier musicians so it's like it's yeah. tough to like shit on them at all but, <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah i don't know i just but anyways that we're tangenting to from first to last in Skrillex and EDM, but hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's all it's all related, though. They're all it is related. It is related because I mean, the like like I said, the the guy who was the original guitarist who took over for uh, Sonny Moore doing vocals for uh, from first to last was the guy who did vocals on Digital Veil. I actually and didn't even realize that the vocalist was a different vocalist. Like he had very similar style. I just figured he like kind of changed. Like you know, he had grown and improved his voice because it was like it wasn't like vastly different. Well, I mean, if you listen to the records where he did vocals for from first to last, um, there's definitely like a comparison there. And honestly, from first to last was a band that I was listening to around the time that I discovered uh, the Human Abstract. So. You know, I I do think there's some similarities there. From first to last has a little bit more of like the emo tendency, like in their lyricism and stuff like that. Yeah. Kind of. Um but like from a music standpoint specifically, they they are definitely like comparable. Like early human abstract is very comparable to like from first to last for sure. From first to last was never really a band I listened to either, so Maybe I would like them more than Dude, I. Uh, Dear Diary, <laughs> my teen angst has a body count. That record, that record was huge for me back then, man. Back in my like, that was like sort of. That is such peak. an emo album. I know, name. Dude, not not peak, <laughs> not peak emo days or whatever. Like for me, but that was sort of like as I was phasing out of emo music, like I stopped listening to the used and uh, my chem and stuff like that, and. Uh, the, that that record was sort of I would honestly say like Dear Diary that record was kind of like one of my gateways out of emo music actually I feel like um, even though that's a super emo record kind of you know screamo whatever the fuck you want to call it um, but like that record was a gateway to records like Nocturne for me, which yeah. that helped me climb the fuck out of, <laughs> of that pit of despair that I was in apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's funny. I never really thought about that until like right now, but yeah, it's like, it's funny <clears throat> that you mentioned that. And it was like, like that was news to me. They're like, wow, I didn't even realize it was a different singer. Like that's, that was surprising. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I did like, this album, but I, I think like digital veil was cool. I wasn't like a huge fan of that part where like it fades out, like it kind of like, like slows and it like, it sort of sounds like the battery's dying on your, your phone or your MP3 player. And there was like some, some of that kind of stuff in a few of the songs that I didn't enjoy, but overall like digital veil is an awesome song as well as an album. I really like the first, like the intro into complex terms into Digital Veil, like all three of the, like those songs are great. Um, yeah, and, it is. And, a good I mean, opening. really, the 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 record as a whole, like it's a shorter record. It's only like just a click over thirty minutes. It's only eight tracks. Um, yeah, it's, it's just like very barely digestible. above an EP. Yeah, it's very digestible. Um, it's very well polished. Like I like I've kind of said multiple times here. Um, it's very much in that modern progressive metal vein. So I would say like for modern progressive metal fans, 
people who have not heard of the human abstract, this is probably a good sort of like, I would almost go backwards on their discography. What do, what would you say? Like I would almost start here and then go backwards to like Nocturne. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that w- that would be a, a good way to approach it. Cause it's also like, I mean, for me, I really like Nocturne, but I could see like how some people I know like with, older albums they can kind of show their age so if someone like jumps it's a lot more raw it's a lot more raw so like you might be turned turned off by that but like i feel like this is a good way to sort of introduce their sound especially those first three tracks on digital veil um and if you're into that then go back and listen to songs like crossing the rubicon or uh or vila or uh, uh polaris um which all of those to me stand the test of time into progressive, you know, into modern prog metal. But, uh, but yeah, my biggest, one of my biggest regrets is I had an opportunity to go see them tour whenever they released digital veil, they were playing at smalls and I did not go. And now they're not a band. I'll never have a chance. I've never, I never got to see them. I'll never get to see them again. Um, never say never. There are a lot of bands that are like just being, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> revived from the dead there have been there have been teasers so many times and it's never happened and i know like the biggest hold up because i know their one guitarist dean is very much interested i think in uh in bringing this back um but they need a guy of the caliber of aj minette which is the the lead guitarist um and i don't think he's interested um but I'm out here like, all right, well, there's another band that I have a big regret that I never got to see who doesn't make music anymore. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the lead guitarist of that band goes by the name of Pohawk. And uh, he has some sad projects. And uh, But I don't think necessarily he has like a major um, band... Trying to get, right try, now. try to be uh the cupid so it's like <laughs> to get them matched up it's like if there's anybody out there who could like pick up the mantle from aj like pohawk could easily do that so it's like it would be really cool to see um a guy like that come back and then revive a band like the human abstract yeah, I guess if if they were gonna come back, they probably would have done it when they just like did the re- vinyl repressing for Nocturne and stuff recently. You know, you'd think that like with repressing like an older album that they'd also announce and like here's a new single too, by the way. So get ready for this. Or the something. band is the band that Pohawk is in his native construct. By the way, I just realized I didn't say that. Sorry, I'm still kind of like. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, when, I'm when still you said coming Pohawk, back from COVID. Already, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It clicked for me. Maybe I, I should have said that. I was but... I was trying to like tease it, and then I said that, and I just didn't. Yeah, native construct. Pohawk was the guitarist in Native Construct. Native Construct is an amazing band. If you've never listened to their record Quiet World, that's another record that's just I wish there was more of. Um, but uh, but yeah, honestly, I would like I would stand that hardcore like all right, somebody please reach out to Pohawk and just be like, hey, like <laughs> we know Native Constructs not getting back together. Um, there are definitely there's definitely interest on from band members in the Human Abstract. You're clearly like 
clearly capable. You of clearly this. have the talent to play just about anything they've ever made, and then also write that style of music. Like, I don't know. I feel like that would be a match made in heaven, right there. <laughs> that would be. Uh, that would be pretty cool. Just come back with a super band. Call it like the Human Construct. <laughs> that's not even that different of a name either like, i know right <laughs> or like native abstract i don't know <laughs> i just i don't know i just i feel like that would be a good fit but uh but yeah it sucks that i never got to see um the human abstract live and likely never will definitely obviously not in that like lineup with that lineup or whatever but yeah. Um, <clears throat> so definitely, you know, that's that's kind of a message. You know, go see your favorite bands. Yeah. While you have while you have the opportunity, go see your favorite bands because you never know, you know, when, if you know, you'll ever have the opportunity to see them again. So, so it sounds like I'm like, make sure you hug your loved ones. <laughs> you know, like it sounds like a very doom and gloom message, but it's it's you know for real. Like, go go to the concert. <laughs> Support your favorite bands. Keep them, keep them alive. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, that's kind of that's kind of most of what I wanted to talk about. You know, how much they influenced me early on, how ahead of their time they were, how sad I am I never got to see them live. Those are kind of the big, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the big touch points for me. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I, I think for me is like it was a kind of fun doing this like picking like a band that was like you knew very well and I didn't and like kind of me getting to sort of experiencing them now and explain like how I feel with a modern lens and you having your like nostalgia hit from them being like such an influential band for you and and stuff. And I'm like, maybe we could try like flipping it and like, I'll do a band. But although like our, our, uh, overlap of bands is fairly large, so it might be tricky to do, but <laughs> I can give you homework next time. <laughs> uh, bands that come to the top of my head that I know that you're a big fan of that. I don't have a lot of knowledge on, <clears throat> uh, Mastodon is one of those. Ooh, yeah. That would be a good one. Um, because... I'd be curious to get your take on, cause they have a pretty big discography. That'd be a lot more homework yeah, for that, you than you I was gonna say. It would be a lot more of an effort on my end, but I, you know, hey, I listened to all of Dance Gavin Dance's discography just for a show. So, yeah, and like, no one I even can, asked you to do it. Nobody so. asked me to do that. That was all on my Literally own. Literally, no one. Yeah. So, so yeah, I could, I could probably do that. We could probably do do a Mastodon episode. Um, but I mean, if you thought about anything else, like it doesn't even have to be. You know, we we say you know progressive gentlemen, whatever, but it doesn't have to necessarily be a progressive or a genty band too. You know, we're we're a heavy music podcast for the most part. Um, yeah. You know, not just progressive and genty music. Uh, I also like doing the kind of like the nostalgia hits ones, like picking yeah. like slightly older bands that like they may still be around and still putting out music, but you know, they have an older discography that you can dive into and it kind of is like, it's kind of like revisiting high school and like, you know, the earlier years. And in addition to listening to music and, you know, in this case, discovering a band that I didn't really listen to that much too. So it was kind of like a fun experience all around. Yeah. 
So hopefully it conveyed that way in a uh, in <laughs> podcast format. <laughs> For, yeah, for, for the sure. listeners, but this this is a fun one. This is a fun one for me. Uh, yeah, it was, cool. it was it was it was cool, kind of looking back uh, and remembering, you know, the MySpace days and the yeah. you know, the 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 different sort of stuff that we were listening to back then. You know, like thinking about, oh wow, maybe from first to last was kind of like the band whose back I crawled on to get the hell out of my emo phase. Like that <laughs> might have actually been the case. I don't know, but um, and now we staged over right back in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, well, you know, we we kind of uh married women who are still kind of firmly in uh Yeah, that that definitely helped me music. uh like <laughs> reignite the uh the emo pop punk stuff. Literally I mean, my my last concert before COVID ended. You know how there was that theme that was going around where it was like, you know, your last concert is the only band you can listen to for the rest of your life. Who was your last? Co-? Like that was like a thing during COVID. I don't know if anyone else saw that. Um, and every time I saw that, I was like, Oh no, please no. Because uh, the last concert I went to was dashboard confessional, oh, uh, uh... which like, I don't have any problem with dashboard confessional, but that's not like my genre. If that was what I was stuck listening to for the rest of my life, I would be a very sad boy, you know, <laughs> yeah. for multiple reasons. Right. That's some sad shit right there. Uh, yeah. But um, but yeah, that's funny. I mean, you know, our wives are very much into you know, uh, dashboard confessional and yellow card and Hawthorne Heights and you know All stuff like stuff, that. Yeah. Although we're we're trying, we try to introduce them to to the to the good side to the, <laughs> the bring them to the light. You know, they both like the contortionist, so that's you know that's I a big can't, win. Uh, I can't complain. You know. I feel like I feel like I've won Colleen over to most of the progressive music that I listen to. Like a, a lot of it, she she never seems like, oh God, turn this off. It's, it's usually the only like, band I get that from, <laughs> or the only band that Steph does that for is Between the Barry to Me. That's it. It's funny, which hurts my feelings. Colleen used to be that way, but uh, actually, Colors too seem to like change her opinion on them a bit. That's surprising. So yeah, I, I, I would have thought like like on Automata, like a song like Millions. Like I would have thought that Millions, I could put that on without Steph being like, "That's between the bear to me." Turn that shit off. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, Tommy's voice is just so distinct. It's really hard yeah. to cover that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love his voice though. So do I. I, I think. But it's I, one of the I best can see how people might not. It might not be their cup of tea, but it's very much yeah. mine. Same. But, all right. Anyways, <laughs> let's wrap this shit up because we could bullshit for hours. So yeah. um, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. I uh, hope you learned something or had something, you know, took something away from this. Uh, give us some suggestions for bands we should do this for. I know uh, we did have a few suggestions, and I do have them written down, one of them being Tool. I wish Tool's discography wasn't so freaking huge because yeah, that's, that's a deep dive. <laughs> I like Tool, but I yeah. don't think I've listened to their entire discography. So like, even for me, who I know I'm more of a fan of Tool than you are, yeah, you are. I still have quite a bit to dive into. I do want to so, do it though, because like yeah. I do want to do that. So we will do that at some point. Um, but uh, give us some maybe some easier suggestions that we can kind of <laughs> like. Because as you can see, you know, it's been a while since we dropped a, dropped an episode. Um, you know, we've kind of been a little inconsistent lately. Uh, a lot of that kind of falls on our personal lives. You know, 
we're not making money from this. This is just for fun. So, yeah. uh, you know, and Matt's working and going to school full time. So that's, that's challenging. And, yeah, then and you got the I'm plague. still recovering from the plague <laughs> as you can kind of probably hear from my voice. Um, but also life is busy. We're getting closer to the holidays. We have some, you know, end of the year episode stuff planned, uh, you know, album of the year and maybe some more, I don't know exactly what we're going to do. Maybe we'll throw some polls out there to see, uh, if there's, you know, anything else people want to kind of see for like an end of the year episode uh, next year, I think we're going to make a bigger sort of production out of it. Yeah. Um, but for this year, we're going to still keep it reserved because we're kind of still, uh, you know, we're, we're still kind of backlogged with ideas at this point. So yeah. there's no need in just like, you know, jump at leapfrogging some of our other ideas just to cram shit into the end <laughs> of the year. So. Uh, we're definitely going to have the album of the year episode at the end of the year. So keep an eye out for that and keep an eye out for polls, posts, whatever. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. And we appreciate like, don't be uh, like (laughs) afraid to share opinions and stuff. Like we want to hear suggestions for, for episodes, for bands to talk about on episodes like this. Um, you know, we appreciate the feedback and it helps us like discover bands that we've not listened to before. And, you know, it's kind of fun doing these like sort of homework assignments where we dive into an artist and then talk about them and what we thought. So we yeah. appreciate all the feedback. It helps us make more episodes and, and also discover music and also get to kind of connect with listeners too and see what you guys like. So it helps us in many different facets. So we appreciate the feedback. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you guys so much, and thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks.